Welcome to the Herbs with Rosalie podcast. I'm your host, Rosalie de la Forêt, herbalist, teacher, and best-selling author. I created this herbal podcast to share trusted herbal knowledge so that you can get the best results when using herbs for your health. I'm passionate about helping people discover the world of herbalism and natural health, and I'm excited to be your new guide. My goal is that you'll walk away from each episode feeling empowered, knowledgeable, and inspired to start working with herbs in your everyday life. Okay, let's dive in. This episode is the beginning of season two. So I started this podcast earlier this year with so much excitement, and and I had some ideas about how it was all going to work. I have to say through this year, I've learned a lot, and I'm really excited to keep improving the show as I get more experience and more skills along the way. And I just feel really grateful for you all for being here and for all your enthusiasm for the healing plants. Season two is shaping up to be a lot of fun. I have a lot of fabulous guests lined up, and I'm excited to get cozy with autumn plants as we enter the darker time of the year. With season two, I also have a new question. I'll be asking all guests, what's something you've learned or experienced in your herbal journey that has surprised you. Stay tuned to hear the responses. Today I'm thrilled to be here with Anna Rosa Robertsdotter. Medical herbalist, wildcrafter, and author, Anna Rosa is the heartbeat and passionate founder behind Anna Rosa Skincare. She handpicks wild Icelandic herbs to use in her 100% natural, non-toxic, small batch skincare products. Anna Rosa's skincare collection is a skincare that empowers because she uses the profits to support organizations dedicated to empowering refugees. Anna Rosa is the author of Icelandic Herbs and their medicinal uses and has been running her own clinic in Iceland for over 30 years. Well, welcome to the Herbs with Rosalie podcast, Anna Rosa. Thank you. Well, so I want to share, I'm excited to share with folks that this is not actually our first collaboration together. Uh, Many years, I had the absolute pleasure of visiting Anna Rosa in Iceland, and my husband and I were there over the summer solstice. So, you know, it's so far north, it barely got dark. I mean, I don't think it really gets dark there. And I, as a result, like we barely slept, not just because it was light outside, because we were going, going, going the whole time. Anna Rosa was so generous. She took us all over Iceland and it was especially fun for me because I was recording her sharing about Icelandic herbs. So it was a short trip, but it was an amazing trip and one that I just remember so well. And I'm just really thrilled to be with you here again, Anna Rosa. Thank you. It was such a fun, that trip. I remember it very well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for me, you know, just seeing Iceland and and you were just so generous and being able to eat traditional foods and just have a a guide to the plants. Yeah, it was just so wonderful. Well, I am really excited for you to share about how you found yourself on this plant path because everyone has their unique journey. uh, And but yours is really interesting because you had kind of one path in life and then you took a really big, (laughs) really big U-turn in that. So I'd love for you to share that with everyone. I tend to have what I call callings in life. So not religious callings, but I'm like called to do things. And it was like that with the herbal medicine. I had just finished my A-levels. I didn't have a clue what I was going to do in life. Absolutely no idea. And there was no pressure either. So I just went to work at a mental institute, if I remember correctly. 
And then one day I read an interview in, and I didn't know what herbalism was. I'd never heard of people studying it or anything like that. So one day I just read this article in the newspaper, in the Icelandic newspaper about this woman who had just uh, studied herbalism. And, I, and I, I didn't know her, of course. And I just read that article and was just like, yes, I'm going to be a herbalist. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> so I mean, talking about calling, I just knew it immediately that this was what I wanted to do. And uh, to make, a sh make it a short story, I, I think the next week I applied to the school or something like that. And within four months, I, I started studying. I moved to England and started studying. It was just never any question at all. It was, it was weird. That was kind of my first calling in life, I think. <laughs> Wow. I love that so much. That You were just so certain and then you just really acted on it. I mean, you moved to go mm -hmm. study plants in England. I, mean, I, that's did, I, I didn't have a choice. That was That's what I call it. It's a calling in that sense. I really didn't have a choice. It was just, that's it. You're going to be a herbalist. And I mean, everybody thought I was completely and utterly nuts. I mean, like <laughs> literally everyone I knew. So yeah, you had to have some guts to do it, I guess. But for me, yeah. it was just like, well, no choice at all. <laughs> yeah well and you know I love that story it does like kind of give me goosebumps just because it is so powerful but also just knowing you and how what relationship you have like what a deep relationship with you have with plants and how incredibly immersed you are with plants like, it just makes sense now like of course mm -hmm. the plants mm -hmm. called exactly. you and that was like that was what you had to do and that's what you did so you can't say no when they call you you know yeah mm -hmm. yeah and today I'm I was really excited when I saw what plant you wanted to talk about because this is a plant I actually associate with you. Um, so we're going to talk about blueberries, like blueberries mm -hmm. and berries and crowberries. And um, what made you choose this delicious plant for today? Well, to start with, it's the easiest medicine to give to my patients. I mean, everybody wants to eat blueberries. And so I think you should utilize it as much as you can because of that. They, the secondly, I, I pick them a lot for myself. I eat them every day and I make lots of recipes. So it had to be a recipe with it. So I thought blueberry immediately. Hmm. Uh, and well, I just love them, of course, but who doesn't? So, I mean, it is such an easy thing to add to your diet every single day. And, and you have prevention for all kinds of diseases and you can use it to cure diseases as well. So... It's like an essential thing to have in your diet for me. Hmm. So that's why I picked it. And in Iceland, do you get all, like, do you get blueberries and um, billberries? I know crowberries are there, but do all mm -hmm. of them grow there? Yeah, yeah. But they're different from, from the blueberries you have in the States where there are bushes where you can easily pick them. Those are wild blueberries, so they're like tiny, totally at the ground level. Hmm. Uh, and much, much more harder to pick than, than I was just like looking at the bushes in bushes in, in the States. And I was like, this is blueberries. This is easy, you know. <laughs> so and bilberries, they, they just grow amongst each other. Blueberries and wild blueberries and bilberries. And as you said, crowberries. So and it's like plenty all over the country. And it's a it's a it's a big tradition. It's always been I mean, I was raised picking berries as a child. Hmm. As, as a normal normal thing to do, basically, you gathered berries for the for the year, and I hmm. still do. Wow, that's interesting to hear. In that one thing that I really love about you and how you how the ways you manifest as an herbalist is that you do a lot of wildcrafting. You go out there and you harvest a lot of plants, which you mm -hmm. then use in your wonderful mm -hmm. skincare products, and um, and mm -hmm. that's just, yeah, I love. 
on Instagram seeing your harvests. And I love when we were there, you know, that was, you're always like looking, you know, for places or sharing, mm -hmm. you know, like over mm -hmm. that ridge is one of my, my favorite Yarrow spaces or something like that. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I'm totally immersed in, in harvesting in the summer. It is the most fun part of the, of my business, basically, of my clinic is to gather the herbs. For me, it's like a, it's like a meditation, I would say. I, I, I do it alone. I don't want anyone with me. So I can spend days just gathering herbs. And uh, the other thing is, uh, when I started practicing, it was it was difficult to import herbs. And half of them were illegal and was such a hassle. Yeah. So I just started using the Icelandic herbs much more than anyone else was doing and inventing things with them as well. Because it, literally out of necessity, in the sense that I had such difficulties in, in getting hold of herbs. I, I, I do import some, but my majority is, is always the Icelandic. Icelandic herbs are wildcraft. And I just love it. That's mm. the thing. <laughs> and so let's bring it. I was, you know, got on this tangent because I love your wildcrafting ways. Let's bring it on back now to all these wonderful blueberries. What are... Mm. They're delicious. We know that. You said that you love recommending it to your mm. patients because they love it. Uh, but what are mm -hmm. the like medicinal gifts that you especially love about blueberries? Well, there is this story about, um, it was in the Second World War, I'm sure you know this story, that it was discovered that the uh, uh, in the army, the, the pilots who flew in the night and ate bilberry jam had a better, better eyesight than the ones who didn't. And after that, they started to research it for eyesight. And I think I've used it most more for eyesight than anything else. Literally every patient who comes to me with any kind of any kind of eyesight problems will get blueberries. Like absolutely insistent on that. And even sometimes supplements as well. Um, one reason for that is my personal um, experience with them, because I'm nearsighted and my optician calls it the, he calls uh, he calls it a university eye, meaning that I read all the time. So I never stop reading. So having you like university eyes, <laughs> yeah. a direct translation. <laughs> and uh, I'm, I'm sure people understand what I mean. And uh, so they, the, my my nearsightedness has gradually gotten worse all the time, even though it should have stopped a long time ago because I read so much, and it was getting slightly worrying. And so I think it's about ten years ago I decided to to tackle this basically because it was just like going on, and every two or three years I had to have new glasses, that kind of thing. And so I decided to add blueberries to my diet and like at least one piece later, even a cupful every single day and uh, trifala actually. So I added those two things and that was the only change I made in my life. And the next time, I think it was after at least a, at least a year or maybe two years, I went back to the optician. And he just looked at me like, what have you been doing? He knows he knows my profession and he's in favor of it. Like, what have you been doing? It's actually not just stop. It's actually, your eyesight has gotten a bit better, wow. which is kind of unheard. So the nearsightedness actually uh, went back a little bit. And that was blueberries and trifala, those two together without a question. Mm. And, and then, I, then I really knew the power of blueberries. And of course, I loved them. Before I did this, I was like picking blueberries and then putting them in the freezer and then forgetting about them and maybe using them for cakes. And now after this, I started to invent recipes. So I would definitely eat them every day. Mm. So they became part of my uh, morning ritual. So ever since then, at least for the last 10 years, I've eaten blueberries for breakfast. So uh, so that is, uh, eyesight is the main one, but the other big one is cancer. 
it has been researched for um, for killing cancer cells, and it is such a nice thing to add to uh, the diet. So and it's an easy and when you when you're dealing with cancers, well, well I do at least, then uh, then I you use so much medicine. You use I use a lot of tinctures, a lot of tea and decoctions, and this is the pleasure bit of it. Mm. So absolutely essential to have the blueberries there. And I make I make people eat at least a couple per day. Either of the Sorry? You said a cup a day, a cup of blueberries a, a day? Cup, half a cup, cup, up to a cup. Okay. Depends. I mean, it, it'll get hard on the diet if you eat too much. It'll give you diarrhea if they're fresh, basically. But uh, if you eat too much of them. But half a cup easily. I mean, that's what I eat every day, usually. Hmm. Uh, and cancer patients tolerate a lot, I've discovered, much more than others in some for some strange reason, I'm always like, are you sure you can tolerate all these amounts I'm giving you of everything? It's just no problem in most cases. Mm. So blueberries, absolutely. Cancer and side, that's how I think of them. You can use them for a lot, lot more. For the skin, for example, it's full of um, anti-inflammatories, antioxidants, very good for the skin. Eat berries like blueberries and, and crowberries every day or any kind of berry. Mm -hmm. um, and loads, loads more. Uh, yes, when I think of the sides, well, kind of just adding to what you said, I definitely think of the site and then I really think of blueberries and all the blueberries as being strongly able to modulate inflammation. And since mm. that is such a big issue for so many people, yep. and the benefits of it just kind of ripple out and out and out because as we address chronic inflammation, yeah. and it's not like blueberries are the only thing for chronic inflammation, but Certainly, they make a strong impact. And like you said, they're pleasure medicine. So it's exactly. not like this disgusting tasting thing three times a day, force yourself to do it. But like you said, it's a joy. And and when you get results yeah. like you did, I love that because there is that like inspiration. You're mm. like, oh, okay, <laughs> I'm going to do this mm, every day. I mean, I was only hoping to may maybe manage to stop the the uh, always the gradual worsening of my side, but to actually make it reverse a little bit, that was quite. Uh, and it's 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 not reversed more, but it's kept like that for years now. And mm -hmm. I'm I'm very sure it wouldn't have done if I hadn't done those two things. I'm absolutely sure of that because mm -hmm. this was like a this had been happening over 20 years, like very regularly. It was not something which was going to stop on its own accord. There's no question about that. He was also sure of it. He's quite mm -hmm. proud of me, my optician now, I think. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, but uh, no, they're versatile they, and they do just about everything. They're quite well researched as well. Um, and I know pilots today, they call me like, should I take blueberries? That kind of thing. I was like, yes, we should. Absolutely. Pilots here in Iceland are all blueberries. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, they're also, they, they are fun for the digestion. There's another story I have. When I was a child growing up, we, we were often given, like all Icelandic children of my generation, were giving this packet soup, which was just full of sugar and all kinds of rubbish, but it had dried blueberries in it. Hmm. And it was an Icelandic version. And when you had tomac egg, you got that soup basically, because of the dry because dry blueberries will stop diarrhea. But if they are fresh, dry or boiled blueberries will stop diarrhea. But when they are fresh, they will give you diarrhea if you eat too much. So it has that balancing effect depending on how you prepare them. And people don't don't quite realize that. But uh, uh, we always remember that soup, quite a delicious soup, full of sugar, you know. <laughs> <laughs> But to talk to anyone in my generation, they will recognize this method in Iceland. <laughs> <laughs> well, this summer I fell in love with blueberries all over again and I started making blueberry 
smoothies and I would just take mm -hmm. um, a cup of blueberries. I just eyeball it, put it in the blender and then add oat milk and chia seeds. And that was all I put in there and oh, nice. you know, did it all up. It was very thick, shared it with my husband. It wasn't just for me. And it was just so cooling in these hot mm -hmm. summer months and so delicious that oftentimes like, it was so hot here this summer that that was dinner. You know, it was just like, that's all right. I could really handle for dinner. <laughs> Sounds like very healthy dinner. I, I think I might try that recipe. Oat milk, chia seeds, and blueberries. Mm -hmm. yeah. Sounds delicious to me. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, you do anything with them. So easy mm -hmm. to add it to the diet. It, I would really say, though, because, because I, I can tell people to buy the Icelandic one, which are wild, but I would say you definitely have to buy certified uh, organics in the States. Because mm. uh, they are very well known for being absolutely full of sprayed or whatever you call it, the um, pesticides. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I've actually, I've actually uh, last summer I got a reaction, such a bad reaction. It took me months to get rid of it uh, around my mouth because I ate some and I haven't touched them since then. I, that was the pesticides, without a mm. question. Mm. It's a huge reaction, so be careful of that and 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 splurge on the organic ones without a question if you're going to use them for medicinal purposes. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for sharing that. What is the um, harvesting season for berries in Iceland? I imagine it's pretty short. It, it is short, like all seasons in Iceland in terms of harvesting. They are very, very short compared to other countries. It's actually still going on. I did harvest mine uh, in the middle of August. So it's September, middle of September. So it's, it's, it's three weeks, depending if the frost comes, then they're destroyed. But I think you can still get some. Hmm. They're at the last leg, basically. But in, yeah. yeah. About the about middle of August, something like that. Mm, mm. Very short, but yeah. plentiful. It's all over the place, so easy usually to to go and get some. But hard work, very hard work. Yeah, <laughs> like all the wild crafting is usually. Yeah, mm. yeah. Where I live on the other side of the mountains, there's lots of blueberry you pick farms. But like you're saying, they're pretty big shrubs, mm. and so you just stand and pick, and it's mm. fun to do very that and go and. Mm -hmm you know, harvest your own and, um, and eat yeah, while you yeah. harvest. And it's usually, you know, a pleasant yeah. day and it's fun with other people. So that's a big tradition nice. here. Mm, um, beautiful. Yeah. It's like strawberries. You do that with strawberries too. Yeah. And I advise people to freeze them without anything. Before people were adding like sugar uh, when they were freezing, I just put them in little bags and just throw it in the freezer. And, and I you just pick a lot if you go to a farm like that and freeze it for the uh, for the winter. It's the easiest method. And there has been a research, because I'm often asked this, that, that doesn't the quality go down with the freezing? Actually, there's been done a research on it, I think, in Finland. And it, it was hardly any decrease in mm -hmm. uh, vitamins or antioxidants or the inflammatory properties or anything like that. It was just mm -hmm. like, it didn't matter at all if, you, if they were frozen. So definitely freeze them. It's the best method, I think. Yeah, yeah. So many gifts of blueberries include not only their health benefits, but how easy it is to, to preserve yeah. them later. Yeah, exactly. Mm. For the listeners, as you probably know by now, I love to share recipes when we talk about these wonderful plants. Recipes are a wonderful way for you to get involved and create your own experience with herbs. Because it's one thing to hear cool facts about blueberries, but an entirely different thing to form your own relationship with this plant through observing, tending, and of course, tasting. 
Anna Rosa has given us some recipes for making your own breakfast bowls. And these are so delicious and really a wonderful and easy way to get these powerful inflammation modulating herbs into your life. And she gave us a couple to choose from. There's the superfood breakfast bowl for glowing skin and a breakfast quinoa with blueberries. You can download all of these at the herbswithrosaliepodcast.com. There you'll also find the show notes, including direct links to Anna Rosa's offerings and a transcript of this interview. Anna Rosa, I'm so excited to share these recipes. I know people are going to love them. I do hope so. The thing is, um, I'm an extremely routine person in some ways, only some ways, of course. And that porridge, I think I ate it every morning for like five years. (laughs) And I absolutely, when I was traveling, I missed it so much. And I made it because it's a gluten-free recipe. So I made it for my patients because a lot of them have intolerance to gluten. And, but I, I, I eat all my recipes. This is all something that I make for myself. So, but after five years, suddenly I woke up one morning and I thought, well, I've had enough of this porridge now. And so I made the next recipe, which is the super super bowl recipe you got. And I think I'm on my second year now on that one. I love it. So let's, let's wait another four years and then I'll wake up one morning thinking, think, this won't do anymore. I have to make a new one. Very slow in that sense. Oh, I'm but very similar in the same way. I will eat the same thing over and over again until I'm I'm over it. So I I don't yeah, love it. most people like variety, but not me. I'm I'm like I put on the same t-shirt, same color for years if I can. <laughs> basically, then you don't have to think about things. I like that, you know. Mm-hmm. Well, especially if it's just so yummy and delicious, then it's just fun. Mm. To... Yeah. Well, exactly, and and you don't have to think about it. You're just making the same thing because you like it. And like I say, I'm on the second year, I think, with the. With the Super Bowl recipe, so mm. and I absolutely love that one. Mm. Oh, I can't wait to hear from everybody and how much they love it. Well, in a row. So one thing that I really love about herbalism is just all of the creative ways that people bring it to life and everyone's unique ways of, of diving into the plant. So I'd love to hear what herbal projects that you have going on that you'd like to share about. Well. I think I've had the second calling in life, let's put it that way. Mm -hmm. So I'm in the process of transforming the way I work at the moment, um, because I've had a calling to to work with refugees in in the Middle East, where I have actually never been. So I'm in the process of setting up a non-governmental program uh, on my own, an independent charity, basically. And I want to go in there, into the tented settlements, and work with the refugees to um, make ointments and other herbal products with them and for them only, not to sell somewhere else. Because I think it is extremely needed. And I think the knowledge is there. I think they only need the support from the outside, like me coming in. I'll come with the money. Let's buy the, buy the raw materials we need or pick it if we can. And let's just make things for you. Uh, instead of what has usually been done is that people set up a business and then they export it and the money goes back or somewhere or another. I figured out you'd have to do it this way rather. Uh, I don't know if anyone is doing exactly this, um, but I think it's going to work well. And I'm and I'm going to take the profit from my own company and my skincare pro- company, which I'm exporting products now with the purpose of increasing my profit. So I can take the profit and make this a sustainable operation with that. So my mm-hmm. business will provide it. I will also go and ask the government, but I like being independent, you know. 
Mm-hmm. And I'm not going to have somebody saying, you can't do this. Of course I can. Uh, so, so long as I have the money. And so um, I think I'll just go and do it. And it, it is being arranged uh, for me on the other side uh, to some extent. So we'll see what comes out of that. And I have some hopes that I can start next year. But this has been like I've been uh, both modeling over it and uh, preparing it for, for quite some years now. So it's it's not. It's not an idea I got yesterday kind of thing. <laughs> but I kind of woke up one morning and I thought, I have to do this. Why mm. why shouldn't I go and, and, and go and help people? I mean, that is what herbalism is all about. I just managed to change the direction of my life completely again. <laughs> so, uh, and again, I have no choice in it. That's how I feel about it, basically. Mm-hmm. So a bit weird one, but I think it's going to be fun more than anything. Yeah, it's a powerful thing, your callings, because you get them and you listen, and I have no doubt that you're going to just carry it forward. Mm. I'm very lucky in that sense. I don't have doubts. It's just like, yes, now you have this, like a voice in my head saying, and I'm not that schizophrenic, saying, uh, now you have to do this, and I listen, and okay then. I know what happens if I don't listen, you know. I've, I've learned that. I think people don't listen enough to themselves, basically. But I'm, I'm very lucky in, in the sense how strong I have this kind of, Colleagues in word commerce. Well, I I know we've talked offline about this, and it sounds like such an in, incredible project. And I know you've put so much into it, and you have all these things being organized. And um, I'm really looking. I'd love to have you back. You know, once things are in place, it, I think people would love to hear about what that experience is. I'm sure there's yeah. Been... Let's aim for that. Mm, yeah, that's a nice idea. I haven't thought of that. Yeah. Uh, no, as I say, I mean, COVID has been stopping it for the last year. I would have already been there if it wasn't for COVID, I think. Uh, but I am hoping, um, with, if it all goes well, that I will manage to, to go there at least next year and see the possibilities. I mean, do the women want to work with me? Which herbs are there? That kind of thing. I mean, you have to think of the basic things. But I somehow I don't, don't have much doubts. I think, it, I think it's going to be such a nice challenge and such fun. Um, I think earlier you told me everyone needs ointments yeah. and, and this yeah. is and I have been making ointments for for decades like all herbalists um and it's such a simple thing to do you need the oil and you need beeswax and and jars and and the herbs so uh, and uh, bear in mind it's not going to be electricity you have to make it all fire that kind of thing you know mm. so you have to have the most basic things because you're going back to basics when you start working like that and maybe that's what I like about it you know mm-hmm. uh, to, to but I mainly I just think uh, those are people without any resources whatsoever so let's give them some type of resources and I know there is tradition huge tradition the women are going to know it much better than me i mean there's no question about that so you just have to like open up the discussion i think uh, what they know and what they like to do and then we'll do it that's how i think of it i'm not worried about that i don't know anything because i know the knowledge will be there there's mm-hmm. no no question in my mind about that it's always um, in traditional societies like in the middle east there's going to be herbal knowledge there's no question about that much more than in iceland for example Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, thank you for sharing about that. And like I said, I really look forward to hearing how all of that develops. It's a, a, a big Me adventure. <laughs> yeah. Well, the last question I have is one that I'm asking all of my guests for season two. And I'm looking forward to hearing your response. That question is, what's something you've learned or experienced in your herbal journey that has surprised you? 
I thought about this a little bit and uh, two things came up. One of them is um, how extremely powerful the herbs are, much more powerful than we think, because I have seen all these incurable diseases being cured over and over again. I've been working uh, in my clinic for 30 years now, and I have no counts on how many times because generally in Iceland, people come to me as a last resort. They don't come to me in the in the beginning. They come when they have been sick for like 20 years or whatever. So I get all the difficult diseases, all the not common ones and so forth. I, ha I hardly ever get something easy, basically. And uh, and so I've seen it a lot. And the, the herbs absolutely do it. Of course, you have to change the diet and your mind and all that too. But the herbs are really, really powerful. And I didn't realize when I was studying how powerful they are, mm -hmm. much more than we, we think. And the second thing is we, we don't think of them as an acute thing, but they really are too. I've had few occasions where I've had to apply quickly something um, and sort of without having any resources or any sort of preparation or anything. And I've seen them do pretty good miracles like on the spot. And we forget that too, because we are so used to not working in any kind of emergency. I mean, there's what, Seven Songs, the only herbalist in the States who's working like that, you know? Mm -hmm. I can, for example, I remember one case where I had a, had a this is a few, few, few years back, there was a young boy who had been treating for a while and he got stomach cramps. Um, he had ulcerative colitis and he had got stomach cramps, was so bad that he was administered morphine usually. And he got the cramps while he was sitting. Uh, uh, in my office and there was no morphine there was nothing else so mm. <laughs> i remember i had i think i had read an article by jim mcdonald's on a chorus so i decided on the spot i would give him a chorus um for those stomach cramps and i didn't have a dropper so i just gave him too much and i could see the change like that hmm. bit of a risk yes but what were you gonna do he was extremely sick that i had to pick him up somehow and a chorus did it I think mm. I gave him half a teaspoon. I mean, huge amount compared to what you're supposed to. He didn't die. He got absolutely better within a minute. And mm. I mean, we're talking about getting morphine for this. And this was a regular occurrence for that guy. So wow. miraculous, just in front of me. Uh, just because I remembered reading something from Jim McDonald's and I didn't have a dropper. So I gave him a bit too much. <laughs> he was, after that, he had a dropper full of a course with him wherever he went. Hmm. And applied it himself. Okay. 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 Yeah. Wow. So um, you think of think of them how powerful they are. I think that is the the thing I've learned absolutely the most in those thirty years, without a mm. question. Mm. And we should remember it. It shouldn't be something like yeah, they might do something or might not. You have to believe in it too, you know. Mm -hmm. And if if you are absolutely strongly convinced, you will convey that message to your patients. That's that is the only thing, you know. Call it mm -hmm. placebo or whatever you like, but it works. And that's all that matters in the end. Well, I'm definitely a believer in blueberries now. I'm excited <laughs> eating blueberry breakfast bowls. <laughs> so, mm -hmm. yeah. So delicious, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, thank you so much for sharing all of this with us. Thanks for being here with us, Santa Rosa. And uh, really look forward to hearing from you as things develop with your project. And really grateful for all the time you spent with us today. Thank you so much for having me. It's been a pleasure. For the listeners, don't forget to head over to the herbswithrosaliepodcast.com to get free access to Anna Rosa's breakfast bowl recipes. Also available are the complete show notes, including the transcript. You can also visit Anna Rosa directly at annarosaskincare.com. 
I deeply believe the world needs more herbalists and plant-centered folks. I'm so glad that you're here and a part of this herbal community. Have a beautiful day. Hey, thanks again for spending your valuable time with me today. I hope you found today's episode helpful. And if you're a new listener, thanks for checking out the show. And don't forget that you can find all the recipes, links, and show notes over at herbswithrosaliepodcast.com. While you're there, you can subscribe and get updates when new episodes release and even submit your requests for future podcast episodes. The world needs more people who are connected to the earth and the healing gifts of plants. I'm so glad that you're here for this adventure. Thanks for listening. Thank you to Rising Appalachia for the use of their beautiful song, Resilience. Listen to more from Rising Appalachia at risingappalachia.com.